The following podcast is a recreation of recordings from Universe 619. All words, titles, and information are authentic and unedited. As this universe has no bearing on yours, you are welcome to enjoy this as a work of fiction. For any questions relating to the multiverse, your place in it, or the crushing depression of knowing there are other versions of you in other universes currently living a better and more fulfilling life than you, contact multiversal consultant, archivist, and author Lancelot Castle. You can find him and more information at thenashamaseries.tumblr.com. Hi, my name... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hi, my name is Afterlife. <laughs> Welcome back to Ari Kravitz. No, wait, that's, that's the wrong way. Okay. Okay, one last time. Hi, my name is Ari Kravitz. Welcome back to Afterlife. Sorry, I, I'm a little out of it. We just got back from my first ever Fey Revel. And, God, I have so much to tell you all. I'll try to slow down and not talk a mile a minute. I just couldn't wait to record. So I'm still a little giddy. <laughs> and like, you can't see it, but I'm super jittery and bouncy. You'll find out why after I tell you everything about the revel. I'm not on weird fey drugs or anything, I promise. They don't have those. Or alcohol. It doesn't do anything for them. I mean, you're definitely in an altered state at Revels, but not because of any substances. And really... Well, I'll explain what it feels like to be there later. First, I want to start way at the beginning. With Mitchell, of course. I mean, who else would be inviting us to Fate Revels? I guess the answer could be any of my friends, actually. In species friendships and all that. But, uh, it was Mitchell. He's really popular, and he's got a bunch of friends. And some of them threw a revel to celebrate the beginning of spring. So he invited us all along. The first thing we did after he invited us was go out shopping. We all like dressing up, so it was really fun to go looking for clothes. Well, Xander hates shopping, so he didn't come with. He just wore his usual clothes. But it was interesting to see everyone's styles and stuff. Mem exclusively thrifts, and Mem found this cute floral sundress to wear. Julia didn't buy anything, but she ended up wearing a blazer, overshirt, and jeans, which somehow looked amazing on her. I didn't even know that was a thing people wore. I know next to nothing about fashion, but I love seeing it. Dode got a new leather jacket, Mitchell and Amrita got matching sparkly shirts, and... Okay, so... <laughs> I didn't realise until we went shopping that Adam doesn't wear clothes? It's just naked all the time. Which I didn't think much of because it's clay and its body isn't really detailed. But uh, I realised when it picked out a cute dress to wear for the revel. Seeing it in clothes was almost weird. I mean, don't get me wrong, it looked great. But uh, it's weird to think it's been naked this whole time and I didn't even think about it. 
I was really torn about what to wear. I don't really have just one style that I like to wear. I wear whatever is either most comfortable or makes me feel best about myself in the moment, so I wasn't too sure what I wanted to go for. I was torn between going for something springy and light or something kind of punk like Daoud, which uh, <laughs> I learned is the right word for how he dresses. Uh, apparently I called him goth a while back, which isn't right. Anyway, I ended up going for kind of a mix. I got these big stompy black heeled boots with studs all over them, uh, and this skirt. Okay, I'm not great at describing things, but the solid black part of the skirt went down to mid-thigh, but over it was a sheer skirt that was floral. Anyway, I looked really cool, like a punk Persephone. By the time we all got dressed for the revel, we all looked amazing. Oh, I should tell you where the revel was. Okay, now, this is brilliant. There isn't necessarily a fey realm the way humans always imagine it. That would be closer to what world bet is. But fey can occupy the space between worlds in a way no one else really can. At least not without help from a fey. Mitchell brought us between the worlds to where the revel was supposed to be. That was part of what creates the weird atmosphere that gets everyone all... I don't know how to describe the feeling of it. It's like being yourself, but to the extreme. It was the most I'd ever truly felt like Ari. You're somehow so present and yet so free. And a lot of that comes from being physically between the worlds. Reality is simultaneously converging there and not there at all. You're everywhere and nowhere at once, and it makes you feel so authentic. It also makes you honest and impulsive. You tend to lose a lot of your inhibitions at revel. Do things that you want to but didn't because of anxiety or social conventions or whatever. I mean, there's rules, and you keep your sense of morals. It's not just a free-for-all. But it's impossible to feel self-conscious at a revel, or to really worry about what you're doing, because you're so thoroughly you that it just feels like the only thing you can do. It was almost therapeutic. It actually helped me realize a lot of feelings and thoughts I didn't realize I had, but I'll talk more about that later. I want to tell you all what a revel is actually like. I can't tell you much about how we got there. I had my eyes closed through the whole thing. I've only ever traveled between the worlds once, and that was going fully between them, and also I was entirely unconscious and possibly dead. I'm still a bit hazy on the details. But either way, I was nervous to be properly traveling for the first time, especially since it was between the worlds. I'm also still unlearning a bunch of human stories about the Fae. A lot of the more traditional tales are either true or misunderstandings, but most modern mainstream beliefs about them are just entirely bullshit. I mean, even compared to classical lore, they're wrong, but 
It's especially untrue compared to actual Fae. I mean, Mitchell knowing all of our names, for example, it's not a problem. For one thing, we didn't give them to him or whatever, but mostly he's just not an asshole. We're his friends and he's not going to use that against us. I mean, sure, there's probably some Fae out there tricking people out of their names or coats or free will, but most of them are just existing, like the rest of us. I... I don't know. Being here is making me realize how cynical so many people are. I mean, sure. Every group has its good and its bad, and sometimes the bad is louder than the good. But there's no such thing as inherent evil. And misery isn't fun. It's not fun to suffer. It's not fun to see others suffering. Being edgy isn't cool, it's boring and overdone and I guess I'm just tired of it. I remember distinctly thinking to myself while I was at the Revel how if someone made a movie of my life they'd probably fuck it all up. They'd make it gritty and dark and awful and they'd make it seem like all I do is suffer. I'm sure the bad moments stick with me but most of my life has been joy. Most of life is joy. And for the people whose lives are mostly joy, their suffering still isn't cool and artsy. Also, I got mad thinking about how they'd probably make it so everyone was on loads of drugs or something at the Revel because people think drugs are cool now or whatever. I don't have a problem with drugs, but God, a stone is annoying. I don't know who needs to hear this, but doing drugs isn't a personality, and it doesn't make your life any more interesting than anyone else's. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I'm even more all over the place than usual. Or maybe I'm more focused. I'm having trouble telling. But the revel was really cool. I can't properly explain what the space between the worlds looks like. It was held in Phaeton Court, and... Well, I guess it's simpler to explain technically. It was like both versions of Fate and Court were overlapping. We were in both at once, but also in neither. But that doesn't quite capture what it was actually like. Anyway, there were all kinds of creatures there. Mostly Fate, of course, but they'd all brought friends. It was crowded and loud and the safest I'd felt since Pride. There was no way anyone would recognize me there except for my friends. Xander found a friend of his pretty quickly, and they went to find somewhere quiet to catch up. Mitchell went off to greet the host and said he'd be around if anyone needed to go home. The rest of us stuck together at first. Everyone but Adam and I had been to a revel before, but as usual, they wanted to see our reactions to everything. It was weird being back inside Phaeton Court. I'd seen it abandoned, and I'd seen it full, but I'd never seen it quite like this. All the colours were somehow more vibrant and more muted than usual, and everything was in cool shades of blues and purples and greens. The house wasn't overly interesting, but the garden was where it got fun. The house in both worlds looks roughly the same. 
Of course, in World Aleph, most of the furniture is old and dilapidated, but it's all the same stuff in the same place. But the gardens... Well, in World Aleph, they're all overgrown. No one's so much as touched them since the late 1800s, as far as I could tell. But in World Bet, they're neatly kept just as they were when the house was still used back in World Aleph. So everything is kind of wonky there. It doesn't overlap nearly as neatly, and you can kind of see that you're between worlds there. The hedge maze is all nice and functional in World Bet, but overgrown in World Aleph, so the maze walls look normal, but there's kind of translucent hedges growing between them where it's all overgrown in World Aleph. And the fountains somehow both have clear running water and still green water overgrown with scum. It's incredible and beautiful and a bit haunting. There was music everywhere. I can't tell you what genre because it wasn't really any genre. Every time I thought I'd pinpointed what it sounded like, the tune would morph into something new and different. And there was no obvious source of it. It was the same volume everywhere. Even the people dancing couldn't seem to agree on what tempo the music was. But everyone was having fun, so it hardly mattered. It was probably some kind of magic, but at this point I've given up trying to understand how this world's work. I just sort of accept what happens. I mean, I understand science about as much as I understand magic, I'm just more used to it. So I'm trying to get used to magic being all around me now. Eventually it'll become as natural as gravity, and until then I'll just pretend it is. Anyway, Mem and Julia ended up running into a human friend of theirs who's married to a changeling, so they left to go catch up. So Amrita, Daoud, Adam, and I decided to try our hands at dancing. Amrita was incredible. I mean, it makes sense. Her legs are very graceful, and she's got those beautiful feathers. It was nothing like watching a human dance, but it was incredible. Daoud and I ended up trying to teach Adam some human dances. Daoud showed us how to do some 70s dances. It was really fun. We tried to teach Adam the YMCA dance, but, uh, well, it can move, but it's still made of clay and its movements are a bit stiff, so we ended up teaching it the robot instead, and it had fun learning to dance, even if it struggled with a lot of them. I tried to teach both of them some newer dances, but I'm pretty clumsy on my feet and my coordination leaves a lot to be desired. So, uh, I spent most of the time trying not to fall over, but it was fun, and Dode caught me every time I tripped. It was cool. When we weren't properly trying to focus on the music, it settled right into the tempo we needed for whatever dances we were doing, but the moment I tried to focus on it again, it started changing. Eventually, I learned how to focus on my steps instead of the music so it would stop changing. Amrita and Adam split off after a while to find some food, and Mem and Julia had clearly finished talking to their friend because they were slow dancing in the middle of the gardens. I mentioned offhandedly that I wished I knew how to slow dance, or at least some sort of ballroom dance. 
I'm a bit of an old romantic, and I really love watching period dramas and seeing everyone do those cool dances in time with each other. Like, all the people in their fancy clothes swirling around a dance floor, knowing exactly what steps to do. I'd taken a history course in uni about the history of the arts, and we learned a lot about dancing, but we never got to try our hands at it. Anyway, Dode said he'd never learned either, but it couldn't be too hard. I kind of laughed, because, I mean, really, of course it's hard. Otherwise, people wouldn't have to spend so much time learning how to do dances. But he was insistent that he could figure it out if he tried. Eventually, I gave up trying to persuade him and agreed to let him try it with me. It was a disaster. I mean, it was nice, it was really fun, and I enjoyed it, but it was a complete disaster. We ended up just laughing in each other's arms. I can't even tell you who stepped on whose toes more often. It was a good thing we were both wearing sturdy boots. After that, we had a greater appreciation for Mem and Julia's abilities to not only dance, but look graceful while doing so. Anyway, after that, we decided to just walk through some of the quieter parts of the garden. I was enjoying the crowd, but there was just a bit too much happening, and I needed some time to recharge. The grounds were beautiful, and as we reached the end of the garden, well, the back of the garden is open. There's this walkway with arches that connect the east and west wings, but other than that, the manor ends there. And as we walked over to the arches, I realized that this in-between place was endless. Well, not endless, but the same size as the other worlds. I don't know why, but it had felt so controlled and isolated, like only Fate and Court existed, and only while we were here. The in-between world is interesting because it's so quiet, so much less populated than the other two worlds. Dowd and I leaned our backs against one of the archways and talked for a bit. He explained to me all about how the in-between world is very heavily regulated. Not intentionally, just because Faye are the only ones who can get to it. But his parents were friends with some Faye, so they would come here for vacations when he was a kid. He talked about how he'd always wanted to live here, where it was nice and quiet. He looked so nostalgic. He told me a lot about his life, his childhood, himself, and I opened up a bit too. I mean, I'm always pretty open, but usually about whatever I'm thinking about in the moment. I can't remember the last time I told someone about my hopes and dreams. So I told him all about the Orkney Islands, and how I wanted to live there one day. I told him about growing up with Xander, and how we'd always wanted to start a band together, but Neither of us could sing or play an instrument. And I told him something I don't really tell many people. That I write poetry. It started out as songwriting for Xander and I's hypothetical band, but when that fell through... I realized how much writing out my feelings in such a structured way really helped me work through them. It helped me feel less like I was just bearing my soul and more like I was creating art. It was a much less scary way to inspect my feelings and come to terms with them. I haven't written poetry in a while, 
Dode said I should get back into it, that it might help me work out everything I've been through. It was nice to be encouraged for once. A lot of people like to make fun of poetry if it's not what they consider to be good. Not that most people are qualified enough to know what counts as technically good. But I don't like telling people usually because they like to make jokes about poetry and how much they hate it. Dode though, he was really kind about it. He likes music a lot, and he sees the link between lyrics and poetry. I don't really know where I'm going with this, honestly. I'm just still so happy I found someone who encourages my poetry. Anyway, uh, he suggested that we check out the hedge maze. It reminded me a bit of Halloween, except this maze was much more fun. It was massive and took up a good quarter of the gardens. It was weird trying to navigate it with all the overgrown bits, but Dode said that added to the fun. And I think he was right. It was weird walking through some of the overgrown bits, because they're only half there? Which I know doesn't make much sense. But it felt like what I imagine it would feel like to have a ghost pass through you, if the ghost were a hedge. Anyway, we walked in silence for a little bit, other than to discuss which path to take, but eventually I decided to play a little game. I poked him and said tag before darting down a side path in the maze. He seemed surprised at first, which gave me a good head start, but he quickly started chasing me. We were both laughing, and I tried to take every turn I saw to shake him off my trail, which was kind of a silly idea since he figured I'd do that and also took every turn. It turns out taking every turn you see isn't how you get to the centre of the maze. Which makes sense, that wouldn't be a good design. So I hit a dead end. I felt arms wrap around me and Dode picked me up, joking about how he'd caught me. He carried me and I decided which turns to take, and somehow we managed to make it to the centre of the maze. It was beautiful in there. There was a big statue of a woman who Dode explained to me was a well-known seer and one of the ladies of Phaeton Court. Her abilities came to her in her dreams. She would see herself at people's weddings, and the people she saw marrying in her dream would fall in love if they ever met. So she went around introducing them. He put me down and, as he explained, I inspected the statue. It was life-sized and beautiful, half covered in moss from wild olive and half polished from wild bet. I turned back to say something to him. I don't even remember what it was. I forgot immediately because he was so close to me. And, well, I don't want to draw things out and I don't think I can describe it without sounding cheesier than I, than I already have. He kissed me. Okay, no, that makes me sound passive in it. He asked to kiss me, and we kissed. I spent a lot of my initial time here pretending I didn't have feelings for Dode. I mean, at first I thought the feelings were just because he saved me and introduced me to this cool new world, and honestly, they probably were at first. But then I got to know him, and I couldn't bring myself to admit my feelings because I couldn't deal with anything on top of the issues I'm already having. But this whole night, I just couldn't deny it. I... I really like him. Romantically. We, uh, we... 
didn't talk about the kiss. I mean, we didn't totally ignore it. We held hands all the way back through the maze. But then we came home, and I came to record, and he went to sleep, and we haven't talked about it yet. But I promise by next recording you'll have more news. I don't know what kind of news, but more news. Anyway, it's late and I should sleep, so tonight's advice will be short. Don't be afraid to tell people you love them.